What's up, family? We back for another episode. Mastering Love and Life with Clifton Brantley. That would be me. Hope you guys have had a healthy and safe holiday season and beginning to the new year. All right, what are we, three weeks in now? Three weeks in now, and have you changed? Have you already have you <laughs> have you already stopped? Have you already reneged on your New Year's resolutions? Some 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 people some people uh, didn't even make any. I didn't. I never do. Um, well, have I? I'm sure I have in the past. But, I mean, I, I make goals. Me and my wife, I think we sat down at some point before the new year or maybe right after. At some point, we made, we sat down and we talked about goals or whatever. And so, uh, but the point is, are you, still, are you still keeping your word to yourself? I posted on um, Facebook today. I, po- I posted this. I said, uh, self-sabotage is the number one reason that people do not live the life that they desire. Self-sabotage is the number one reason people don't live the life that they desire. And so uh, that tells me that the world, by and large, lacks discipline. And I know discipline is one of those things that um, it is, it's like the golden ticket, the, 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 the key, the skeleton key to unlock almost everything in the spiritual realm and in the natural. But it's the thing that the enemy attacks the most, and most, people, most of us don't have, you know, discipline. And so um, I want you to keep your word to yourself if you made New Year's resolutions and they would benefit you. They'd help you, you know, live life better. Keep them to yourself. I mean, you know, not keep them to yourself, but keep them for yourself, right? Keep them for yourself. Yeah. Um, also, I, I this wasn't a post, but I said this, and I, I, I'm going to share it with you guys. Um, don't do things that if you, so let me say, don't do, don't do things that if you, if those things became a habit, they would destroy your life. Yeah, that's how it goes. Don't do things that if those things became a habit, it would destroy your life. Whatever that is. And so the point of me saying that is, or maybe, and maybe, maybe I shouldn't say don't do it. Maybe I should say be careful about doing things. There you go. Be careful. Be extremely careful about doing things that if this thing became a habit, it would destroy your life because we are habitual creatures. We're habitual creatures. What that means is we will, um, so once we develop a habit, good or bad, we are, we're, we're going to repeat it. No question about it because we're habitual creatures. And so uh, if you develop habits, 
that are destructive. How then does your end become something other than destructive? Right? So, so be very, very careful. Be very careful about the things that, um, if that, be, if that, be, if that thing became a habit, I'm only watching porn this one time, but if that became a habit, would it destroy your life? And for those of you who don't know the answer to that particular question, even though I was doing a hypothetical, the answer is yes. Pornography will destroy your life. Okay. Um, I'm only going to have one Snickers. Okay. But if having one Snickers a day became a habit, would that destroy your life? I would say yes. So again, I, I didn't, don't never have sweets. Don't ever, you know, I'm not saying don't ever do anything fun or whatever in life. Moderation is good. But what I'm saying is be careful. Be very careful about doing things that if those things became a habit, it would be destructive. The same is true in your marriage, right? Don't do things in your marriage that if that behavior became a habit, it would destroy the marriage. Like, don't yell at your partner. Don't put your hands on them. Don't try to control them, right? Don't, uh, don't, don't be disrespectful because if disrespect becomes a habit, it can destroy the marriage. So, uh, so in this particular episode, speaking of marriage, I want to talk about things that make marriage difficult. Things that make marriage difficult, right? Uh, I was thinking about this the other day, and uh, I was talking to my wife, and I was like, you know, babe, um, there really is at the core one one thing that uh, I believe leads to all chaos in in marriage, and that thing is selfishness. If if it were not for selfishness. I believe everything else would be like, because the only reason we fight because there's selfishness somewhere. The only reason that we can't get along all the time is because there's selfishness somewhere. I believe that. And so um, the more I thought about that, I said, you know, what, what are the things that make, make marriage difficult? So uh, I came up with, um, how many things I have? Uh, I don't know how many I have, but I came up with some things that definitely make marriage difficult. And I want to share those things with you uh, to help you in your marriage. Because if you're doing any of these things or, or if you can identify with these things and you need to change something, my strong urging to you is to change them as soon as possible. Okay? Yeah, I will change them as soon as possible. So we're talking about things that make marriage difficult. First of all, if you've been married for longer than a week, you know marriage can be difficult. Yeah. And if you've been married longer than that, then you know marriage can be extremely difficult. You know, I was, uh, what was I looking at earlier? I was looking at something. Oh, oh, I know. I was on Facebook and I saw uh, one of my Facebook friends online. Uh, he had a picture and he was posing, right? And the way he was, 
the way that he was posing, it's kind of like he was posing like, um, I'll say it this way. He, the way a young single man wanted to attract a female would pose. That's, that's the best way I could say it. And he is single, right? But he was previously divorced. I mean, he was previously married, right? He's divorced now. He was, he was married to another friend of mine. So anyway, when I looked at this picture today, I'm like, man, he used to be married. And, and he's, a, you know, he's, a, he's, he's a Christian. But then I said, you know what? Man, I understand. <laughs> I said, man, I understand, right? Like, um, I've <laughs> y'all got to forgive me. Uh, God has brought me up. I've been through enough marital fire where I understand. I don't condone. I, I believe what God believes, right? I don't condone, but I, I understand quitting. I understand giving up. Like, this, this, this is too much. This is too hard. I understand. I do. I, I understand. Um, me and my wife both can tell you there have been times where we felt like quitting. Like, I'm leaving today. Okay? I, today. I'm, we both have, <laughs> have felt that way. Marriage can push you to the edge. As a matter of fact, as we can see in the news, marriage can actually push you over the edge. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because nobody taught us how to do marriage. No, nobody, nobody taught us how to do marriage. So we get out here in adulthood and, and we think we know how to love somebody. We think we know how to, you know, And all we do, we just, we just, we tear things up, you know. And then guess what we do? We pass it to our children, right? And so God sent me to speak into your life about your marriage. And so that's what I'm here to do because I'm helping you do love and life better, mastering love and life with Clifton Brantley. That's what this is. So things that make marriage difficult, okay? And obviously now we don't have, we don't have time nor do I have the strength to go, to go through everything that makes marriage difficult. As a matter of fact, I don't even know if I'm that smart. That, that would take, uh, I, yeah, not. Nah, so I'm, I'm going to give you what I have. And, and if, you, if you can just address these things, I do believe you'll see some shifts in your marriage. If you guys, if you guys, are, if you guys are on the rocks or if you guys are shaky, Right. If you apply these things that I'm about to share with you, um, you will you I, I, I don't see how you cannot get better. OK, so here's the first thing that makes marriage difficult. Not understanding the fundamentals of marriage. Not understanding the fundamentals of marriage. Remember, I just said that, um, like, n no one really teaches us how to do marriage. Like, who taught you how to do marriage? Anybody taught you how to do marriage? Right. And so if no one taught us how to do marriage, then surely we've missed the fundamentals. Now, I, I'm going to run through the fundamentals. It's, I have 10. So I have these 10 core values that I believe every marriage must have. 10 core values. Let me tell you what they are. Love, humility, respect, commitment. Unity or togetherness, 
trust, forgiveness, understanding. You got to understand each other. You got to want to seek. You got to want to be known. You got to want to understand. And you got to want to be understood. Personal development and friendship. These 10 core values. So these 10, at minimum, are part of the fundamentals of marriage, of a successful marriage. But, but, but how many classes in college do, we, do, do you see someone teaching these kind of things? Right? Well, I didn't even learn this in school. And I, was, I went to school. I got my master's degree in marriage and family therapy. Right? I'm supposed to, y'all are supposed to be teaching me about relationships, but not, not really. Right? Not really. But, but, but when you don't understand the fundamentals of marriage, you are going to suffer. You're going to struggle. Right? You're going to struggle. Um, um, one, of the, one of the main fundamentals, this is probably the most, the most um, significant fundamental. Because without this, without this particular fundamental, no other fundamental matters. Hear me when I tell you. Without this one, nothing else matters. What is that? Humility. Without humility, nothing works. Not even love. Love is the, I believe love is the most powerful force in the universe. That's what I believe. But love don't work without humility. It, it doesn't. It's just like, it's like, just think like, you know, F-150 being the most powerful truck. But ain't going to move anything without a battery. Right? So uh, that's hu- humility is important. So, so that's the first thing, understanding the fundamentals. Um, second, here's, here's, here's another thing. This makes marriage difficult. And I, I just said this, selfishness or pride, right? Now, this is, uh, this is at the root of 100% of divorces, 100% the root of every divorce is pride somewhere. Even divorces that need to happen, because I do believe there are some divorces that need to happen. Pride is still at the root of it, right? Still pride. And, and um, when you are trapped in pride, operating in selfishness, you are going to, destroy your marriage and your life if, you, if, you, if you're not careful. But you, you're definitely going to destroy. You're going to destroy any relationship operating that way because God did, that's like, that's like trying to run your car on water instead of gas. God didn't design us to operate in pride and selfishness. Like, he didn't. And when you operate that way in your marriage, you are, you are, it's like you are injecting destruction into the marriage. And, you know, I, I don't believe that we humans understand how dangerous and how deadly pride is. We really don't. We don't understand. We don't understand how, how, how dangerous focusing on yourself, how dangerous it is to you. Watch this. Um, 
So and I told this story the other day. So uh, I remember there was a time long, maybe, maybe, maybe my, I don't know, twenties. Let's, let's go with my twenties. I was, I, cause I was married. I was married at 21. <laughs> I got married at 21. I was a kid, man. I didn't know anything. Uh, but anyway, so in my twenties, you know, so and I'm, I'm gonna paint a scenario for you. And, and I don't, and I, I may miss, I'm not gonna lie because I, I may miss some of the women with this. Cause I don't know how it works for women, this particular thing. I really don't. Uh, but for men, I believe, I believe every man, especially over the age of 25, will be able to understand what I mean. And if you get it, you can teach your wife because uh, what I'm about to show you is the power and danger of pride, right? The power and danger of pride, okay? So what is pride? Pride is focusing on self. Pride is about my needs, my wants, my hurts, my desires, right? Pride is all about me. I'm the center of the universe. When I operate that way, I'm walking in pride. So imagine uh, living in a neighborhood and imagine having a, a uh, uh, let's see, there's a neighbor upstairs. She got a little girl, right? And she's gorgeous. I'm talking about the neighbor, the, the mama. She's gorgeous, right? But you're married and you're a godly man. You're married to your wife and you love your wife. And you see the lady, you know, you, you helped her with groceries one time, right? And uh, she's, you know, she's gorgeous and you guys don't flirt. You don't, you've never crossed any lines or whatever, right? Um, she's a wholesome whatever and you love your wife. But you and your wife start having tension. Regular marriage tension, nothing, nothing crazy, nothing strange, whatever. And, and now when you start to see the young lady that lives upstairs, you know, you see her coming and going. You may even see her with a boyfriend, right? And she has on a little cute dress or whatever, and, and you're like, man, she's fine. And you start having thoughts, right? But you're like, yeah, that could never happen, though. I love my wife. Okay, so that's, that's the background. That's the scenario. Now watch this. Because you and your wife are having difficulty, you guys are not really having sex. And you want to release this pent-up energy. So you decide to masturbate. Now, when you masturbate, you bring up images in your mind that you're fantasizing about. Lo and behold, you pull up your neighbor upstairs. And you put her in all kind of different positions and you masturbate right and you're done. And right after you're done... You, can, you notice that your thoughts have changed because now when you think about, man, I wonder what if, you don't have that whatever inside saying, no, you can't do that. Look, look pull back. Like, it, it feels as if the boundary is not there. It's like now you're, you're, entertaining, you're entertaining it like, hmm, man, I wonder if. Whereas before, you wouldn't even let it cross your mind. So, why did I tell that story? Because pride is when I focus on me, right? Now, I do, not, I do not know of anything more prideful than masturbating. I don't know anything more prideful. Masturbating is 100% 
after 100%, there's no more percent left. 100% about me. It's about nobody else. 100% about me. So I use that as the, 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 the quintessential example of what pride is. And when you engage in that, the covenant to God that you said you would keep, when you operate in pride, you begin to question that. Y'all better stop fussing at Adam and Eve. Because when you put you in front of God, you are in trouble. And so I guess I got stuck on this one. This is number two, right? The second one. Pride not only makes marriage difficult, it is cancerous to human relationships. I'm telling you, you want to deal with your pride issues. You want to embrace humility and reject pride. Okay, what's the next one? So um, things that make marriage difficult. Uh, lack of communication skills. Some of y'all cannot communicate effectively. At your big old age, you still cannot communicate. I don't understand. At your big old age, when your partner gives you a complaint, maybe I don't like this, you got to turn into a tornado because you can't handle any kind of criticism. Now, you can see you, so you know that you are a human being, which means that you know that you are not perfect, but no one can tell you anything. I'm supposed to be on communication, huh? <laughs> I done jumped over to emotional immaturity. They're, one, they, they're not one and the same, but they're pretty close. You lack communication skills, and then one of you lacks uh, emotional, emotional maturity. That's another one. So I'm giving you two. So how many is that? One, two, three. So, so let's see. Not understanding the fundamentals of marriage. Let me get myself together. Um, selfishness and pride. That's one, right? One, two. Okay, let's start again. Not understanding the fundamentals of marriage. Selfishness and pride. Lack of communication skills. And emotional immaturity. And, when, and, and let me just talk a little bit more about this emotional immaturity. When you're emotionally immature, um, first of all, if both of you are that way, that's, I'd be surprised if that wasn't toxic. But if one of you is emotionally immature and the other one is, is mature, that's going to be, obviously it's already unbalanced, but it's going to be a difficult marriage. It's going to be like a seesaw. It's just, uh, it's going to be frustrating and unchecked. It can lead to divorce. Right. You want to you you, you want to your job is to mature. Because marriage is for adults. Marriage is not for children. But when you when you respond to your pains and your hurts and your frustrations like a child. Nobody wants to be around you. OK. And with the communication skills, learn how to learn how to learn how to. Uh, I don't know why, because this is not what I was going to say. But it popped in my head. Let me just share it with you. Uh, what popped in my head is learn how to conjugate your verbs. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know where that came from, but it sounds funny. Learn how to conjugate. Con uh, see, I can't even say it. Anyway, um, listen, learn how to express yourself in a way where your partner can understand you or at least half understand you to where they can ask questions and you give clarity. 
But if you can't even put your thoughts together to get them out of your mouth, better yet, if you willfully hold back and hide your thoughts and feelings, that's what makes marriage difficult. Here's another one. Number five, unable to resolve conflict. Listen, if you can't resolve conflict, you're not going to be able to create connection. If you can't create connection, uh, your marriage, you guys are going to be roommates. Yeah, pre pretty much y'all going to be roommates. If, if, if you guys cannot create connection, because the difference between marriage and every other relationship on the planet is the level of connection. But if y'all can't resolve conflict, connection ain't happening. Right? You got to be able to resolve conflict. You need better conflict resolution skills. Right? You can't get triggered by everything that your partner does. And you need to be mature enough so that uh, when your partner is on the wrong side of the tracks, you guys can still resolve conflict because you're mature. Okay? All right. Uh, what's another one? Uh, disunity. Disunity, when you guys are not on the same page, when you put, when you put me before we, marriage is difficult. Right? The Bible says, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. There's a purpose for that. God's purpose. When you put me before we, you are going to suffer. The marriage is going to suffer. Because marriage is God's idea. That means it works the way he designed it to work. And he said that marriage works when the husband and the wife are unified. But when you guys are not unified, unity does not mean, uh, you know, like unity does mean the same thing. When you think of unity, think more of harmony, right? Think of like, a, like an orchestra, harmony. When an orchestra plays, they're all in harmony, but they're not playing the same notes or instruments, Right? God says you're supposed to operate in unity, in harmony. Disunity makes marriage difficult, right? Here's another one, unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic expectations. Who did you, who did you marry? No, no, no. I don't, mean, I don't mean who do you wish you would have married. Who did you choose, right? Did the person you choose, the person you chose, did they come with uh, the ability to do the things that you are asking them to do? Or is it something that they need to learn because they never needed that before they met you? Does your partner need to become who you want them to be or can they become who God created them to be? And then you learn how to love them. You may have unrealistic expectations about your partner, right? This is what I said this to my wife. Um, I think this was last night. I said, you know what, babe? I said, so that was the time when my wife wasn't, um, she didn't know how to encourage me. Like if I was down, she didn't know how to encourage me. And it would frustrate me. And I would be upset, like, bro, like, 
how you not know how to encourage somebody, number one? And then number two, why you ain't learned it by now? You know, at, at some point I was like, why you hadn't learned it by now? So anyway, I was thinking last night and I said, you know what, babe? I, I can't be mad at you for not having the ability to encourage me because that would be like being upset with you because you can't fly an airplane. Like, I can be disappointed, but how am I going to be mad? And so here's what I'm sharing with you. You can't be mad at your spouse because they don't know how to do what you need done. Right? How, how, are, you gonna be, how, how are you going to be mad at someone because they don't do what they don't have the ability to do? Just because you have the ability to uh, be angry and still talk rational doesn't mean that I have that ability. Just because you have the ability to hear a lot of information that's negative and then give a reply doesn't mean I have that ability. I need time. But when you hold me to your standard and then you get angry because a husband should be able to do this, a wife should be able to do that, when you hold me to whatever this standard is that you made up, how, can I, how, how could I ever measure up to something that you made up? And so what I'm telling you guys, you can't be mad. So I hope my wife don't mind me telling this part. I first met my wife. Uh, she, 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 did not, she, did not, she did not know how to show empathy. Now, I didn't know this, so I wasn't affected by it. I, I felt like she was very caring. It wasn't until she got a certain job and they was telling her, hey, you don't really show empathy, right? And um, because, like I said, I, I didn't, I don't remember experiencing, I don't remember experiencing, you know, lack of empathy. If I did, you know, out, it's long gone now, so I don't remember. But it would have been crazy for me to be angry because she don't know how to show empathy. So here I am going through a situation and she's not showing empathy, so I'm mad at her. You won't even show empathy. She can't. Like, you can't be mad at somebody for what they can't do. If you're not going to be mad at your spouse. Here's what I told my wife like last night, too. I said, that's like me being mad at my headphones because I'm hungry. It, it don't make sense. It doesn't make sense. That's an unrealistic expectation. Uh, here's another thing that makes marriage difficult, not being committed to personal development, right? And I talk about this a lot. I've talked, I talk, I'm going to talk about this one forever because it's been the greatest thing that I've discovered. And if you're not committed to personal development, what are you doing with your life? Like, how are you, how are you even kind of sort of thriving on the planet? Oh, you're not. That's my point. You got to be committed to personal development when you're not. When one or both of you are not, marriage is difficult. Marriage hard, man. If, you ain't, if you're not committed to, to constantly becoming your better self, constantly growing spiritually, emotionally, mentally, even physically, right, getting healthier, yeah, you, you, you. Marriage is difficult. Marriage is difficult. I got one more for you. I got one more for you. Uh, I, I say this one for last. Uh, things that make marriage difficult. Uh, 
the thing, this thing that makes marriage, the thing that makes marriage difficult is this. Not having a solid foundation. Yeah, not marriages today. Like ask yourself, what is your marriage built on? Is your marriage built on sex? On like, you know, that's sex was great. Because if it was built on that, I can if it hasn't uh, uh stopped, it will. That because that cannot, that's not foundation material. So that won't last. Uh is your foundation built on your friendship? Well, friendship is foundational. But you don't want to build your, your 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 marriage on your friendship, right? That's not the foundation. At least not from what I'm talking about here. So, what is the foundation? I, so here, let me let me tell you the foundation. Here, let me tell you the. It's a good idea. Let me tell you the 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 available foundations for you to build your marriage. They're the same foundations on which you can build your life, right? So you have. God as the foundation. And then you have the culture as a foundation. And I could say you, but realistically, you are a part of the culture. You, you, you have not grown and developed in a vacuum, right? You've, you've grown on the planet. So, 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 uh, so now I ask the question, what's your foundation? Don't, don't answer too quick, God. Because that's what you want. That's what you want it to be. But you now be mindful. I can't hear or see you. So be honest with yourself. What is your marriage? What is your marital foundation? Is it really God? Or is it you and the culture? Because see, your foundation, your foundation determines your values. Your foundation determines your values and your beliefs. And then that's going to determine, that's going to determine your values and beliefs is going to determine how you, how you um, behave, how you show up in life. It's going to be based on what you believe about life. So your foundation matters. What is your foundation built on? All right. Let me tell you, here's what Jesus said about, about building your foundation on um, using, using your foundation on what he says. And this is why, this is so I teach marriage with biblical principles because marriage, it just makes sense, right? Marriage is God's idea. Why, why would I go to the state or anyone else to tell me how to do marriage when they didn't create it? And doing marriage God's way is the only way to get yourself a 100% success rate. Yeah. By, 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 by doing it God's way. So check this out. This is Matthew 7, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. i read this for you. Uh, Therefore, everyone who uh, hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. Marriage can be difficult. But watch this. And yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Now, before I continue, what's the rock? So we make sure we got it. 
the rock that Jesus is talking about is his word. He said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them. So if you hear the word and you act on the word, you're building your life and your marriage on the rock. Now watch this, verse 26. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now watch this. This is interesting. Uh, if, if, we, if, we, if we make these houses marriages, right? Both of these marriages went through difficulty. Don't think that you are going to be married to another flawed human being and you are not going to have difficulty. That's why at the altar, you got to say for better, for worse, because worse is coming. I guarantee you. All right? It's coming. Right. So so both of these marriages, both of these marriages go through difficulty. But one of them survives and one of them falls. And it's easy to tell which is which because Jesus tells us the one that hears his word and acts on it. That marriage survive. The one who hears the word and you're hearing it from me now. So don't say you didn't hear it, but you hear the word and you don't act on it. Those are the ones that fail, ended up in divorce court. Listen, marriage can be difficult, but if you build your marriage on a solid foundation, and I shouldn't say a solid foundation, I should say the solid foundation as if there were more than one, right? But if you build your marriage on the solid foundation, I can tell you, you will survive. Like, God set it up. Listen, do you understand? I tell people all the time, why, why would God create something, such as marriage or anything, but why would he create marriage? And then create it to thrive better without him. Like that, that doesn't make sense. All right. It just doesn't make sense. So anyway, I hope this was helpful for you because I want you to get better at um, doing marriage. I want you to get better at at at, uh, you know, navigating difficulties. I want you to get better at just doing love in life. Marriage can be difficult, but if you are operating in any of these areas, man, address that today. Right. Especially if you're walking in pride. First of all, if if Christ is not the foundation of your marriage, you got to address that. You, you, you got to address that. OK, marriage is God's idea. It's going to work the way he designed it to work. OK, all right. God bless you guys. I will talk to y'all next time.